Hello and welcome. This may be a place you've been many times, or this may be your first time. And either way, this is a brand new moment. So connect to your presence, open your heart, and get curious as I share real life experiences, practices, and organic medicine that will help you expand into your higher self. Because if we're not growing towards the light, we're dying in the darkness. And I'm here to tell you, you were born to live. Together, we will plant seeds, pull weeds, lean into shadows, and tend to our soil, giving us the nourishment that we need to root down and find the power within to be our most authentic self so that we may receive all the abundance that awaits us. Are you ready? Okay, here we grow. Hello, my dear friends. Welcome to episode 11 doing it. The cool part about episode 11 is it happens to be being recorded on 11-11-22. Today is November 11th, 2022, and 11s just light me up. I was actually born at 11-11 a.m., and that's always just felt really, really special. And up until I even knew that about myself, 11 always happened to be a lucky number of mine. I would always say, who wouldn't want to be number one twice? (laughs) And then I saw my birth certificate when I I think it was the first time I was moving. I was moving out of my parents' house and I, I caught a glimpse of it and my whole heart lit up thinking, what? 11, 11 birth time, man. And in the past few years, as I've been leaning into this inner work and opening up to different modalities and trying on different spiritual healings or different guides, different wisdom practices, ancient practices, one of them is natal charts. As you heard, if you listen to the episode with Tiffany, I've done my natal chart, my birth chart a lot of astrology reading, and usually they can do it based on just super basic information, birth date, but to go really deep, they need to know your date of birth, your time, and your location. This is where all the stars and the planets align in that exact moment that you are incarnated on this planet, and it tells you so much about yourself. And yeah, you can make it as special and magical as you want, or you can feel like that doesn't really fit you. And that's okay. You get to choose. I look back on times with my grandma, Judy, she kind of instilled in us how special numbers were. Anytime that there was a synchronicity, we would kiss our fingers and blow it towards the sky and just make a wish in a way. And my family still continues this tradition and it always just lights my heart up because that makes me feel like she's still alive here in the present. We all know and feel her as her spirit lives on through all of us, of course. So just really special and yeah, it keeps me connected in a really curious, magical way. So taking this magic and taking a moment to ground in and let's cleanse our energy here in our grounding practice. And I encourage you to, no matter where you're at, at least take some deep breaths with me. 
You may not be in a space or a time where you can close your eyes or sit down and just really surrender and that's okay. I listen to a lot of my podcasts on walks and some of the feedback that I get from different people who have been so graciously writing me about how this podcast fills them up. One of the things that they mention is that they tend to listen while they are driving, while they are walking, while they are working. So I want to keep that in mind and just for this grounding practice, really do what I would call an active meditation. And essentially it starts with the breath. So we'll take a nice deep inhale through the nose and just slowly sigh it out. <sighs> oh, it's just one breath makes me feel amazing, but we'll keep going. Another breath in through the nose and all the way out through the mouth. <sighs> and we'll do one more because I love the power of three all the way in. And all the way out. <sighs> Beautiful. How do you feel? How does that feel? Does it fill you up? Does it calm you? Does it give you a tingling sensation? Does it help you feel more present? What does it feel like? Maybe it brings up some anxiety to take a deep breath. I don't know. I don't know your body. I would hope not because that's completely opposite of what it's meant to do. But if that is what comes up and whatever actually comes up, just listen. Just pay attention. And as a part of our active meditation, just start to look around, noticing something in the space that you're in that you haven't yet noticed. And notice if you can just have a soft gaze on it. Notice how it makes you feel. Keep shifting your eyes around. Catch your eyes on something else in the room, in the space. And we do this to become more connected with the space we're in. We do this to allow our nervous system to feel safe. When we completely look all around the room, looking up and behind you, down and around. We just really get familiar with the space, even if you've been in there lots and lots of times. You still get to remind your body that you are safe. And maybe you're in a place that's noisy. Maybe you're in a place that's not as nourishing, not as peaceful. Maybe you're on the subway, maybe you're on the highway, maybe you're working and it's loud, maybe you're in a crowded space. There's still the ability to help ourselves feel safe. And to me, this is really important. It's a, it's a really important reminder as we move through our life to ensure our body has this grounding practice no matter where we're at. Because sitting in a quiet room that's peaceful or, you know, being a monk in the middle of the Tibetan woods where it's quiet and there's nothing else going on, even though the mind is always chattering, it's a little bit easier to find peace. And to me, the real practice is finding that peace when you're in the midst of chaos that to me is where we become 
more ignited within, more solid in our mind-body-spirit connection. And so if we can find peace in the midst of a storm, we can find peace nearly anywhere. So just notice how this feels. Notice what's coming up for you. Noticing if there's anything you need in this moment. Notice if you've taken the time to really check in with yourself lately. Scanning the body and asking any questions that start to arise. How can I serve you? How can I nourish you? How can I help you feel alive and cared for? I think we've become very disconnected from this vessel that carries us through this lifetime. And how incredibly important is it to take care of our vehicle? I was speaking with a client today and I said, would you put really crappy gas or vegetable oil in your car and expect it to run well? She said, well, no. Why would I do that? And I said, okay, well, when we add not so great thoughts or not so great food or not so great beverages to our body and it feels like shit, (laughs) we wonder why. You know, when we don't slow down and take care of this vessel, when we don't do a checkup, when we don't rotate the tires, when we don't get the engine moving and going and heated up, when we don't put in really, really good oil, synthetic, delicious oil, when we don't put in high-end gas, right? Our vehicle doesn't run well. So adding this into our daily practice and... When we go to eat or drink something, asking ourselves, how will this make me feel? And maybe you're in a moment where you're just like, you know what, I'm going to have some fun and I know this might not make me feel the best, but that's okay. That's just a moment. If you find yourself in a habit of consistently adding this kind of low energy information, low energy food, low energy anything into your vehicle and it's a habit it's an everyday thing that's when we get to make some shifts that's when we get to notice and become aware once in a while doable the car will keep running our bodies are so incredible they're very resilient vehicle if we treat it poorly more often than not there's going to be some results of that and we get to decide if we want to deal with it, and if we want to sustain that type of living, or if we're ready for a shift, are we ready to make a change? So with this breath, with this awareness, with this practice of safety, and with this respect that we have for our vehicle, This to me is an incredible recipe for feeling and living a good life. And I believe every single person is worthy of that and that we get to do 
the work to find that worthiness. And that's been a big highlight for me is doing the inner work has given me the clarity, the confidence, and the pride which has helped me feel worthy. Full circle. Once I feel worthy, I start taking better care of my body. When I'm taking care of my body, I feel respected and loved and nourished. And it goes all the way around. So just notice where in your life you could add some better fluids to your vehicle. Where you could treat it with a little more respect. And every time you do that, you create a deeper connection with it. You create a more authentic, vulnerable state of being. Where you hear yourself more. Where you listen to what the needs are. And you stop pushing it down and pushing it away and pushing it down and pushing it away. And you go, okay, I hear you. I hear that ailment. It's been bothering me for a long time. I'm ready to do something about it. Okay, I hear that thought process over and over and over. I'm ready to do something about it. Okay, I hear you. This relationship that I'm in is not working. It's not sustainable. It's not filling me up. I hear you. I'm ready to make a shift. And it isn't until we sit down and listen and go within that we get to hear all of those messages. And not only listening, but taking action. So, speaking of taking action, today is also a really awesome day for me because three years ago, I decided to take my power back. I finally reached out for help. And I started with a 30-day cleanse, essentially. I removed some foods that were inflaming my system. They were food sensitivities. And I also removed alcohol, which was actually my little sister's suggestion. And it was really mature of her and very insightful. And she just said, man, if you're going to remove all that stuff, why wouldn't you remove alcohol? And it wasn't anything more or less than that. Because honestly, all the body ailments I was having, all the relationship problems I was having, all of the stagnant energy I was feeling, all of the hurdles and the challenges I was coming up against, I never connected alcohol. I never thought that could possibly be a reason why things were not in alignment for me. And when she suggested that, I stopped for a moment and I thought, wow, it's been the majority of my adult life. And I don't think that I had ever removed it for a certain amount of time. And the thought that came up was, that's scary. (laughs) How have I been drinking again for the majority of my adult life? I don't feel like I started drinking heavy drinking too young, but it was definitely in my late teens and, you know, continuously, definitely on weekends. I couldn't think of a time that I had removed it for a decent amount of time and so I was totally up for the challenge and within three weeks I had felt a huge shift 
not only was the weight just falling off of me, which I found out later wasn't fat weight, it was inflammation. And I look forward to digging deeper into that on a podcast at some point. But essentially, my body was so inflamed that when I removed these toxic pieces, the alcohol, which is poison, whatever, however way we want to slice it, it's poison. It's toxic. Um, used however you want to use it. It is still what it is. No judgment, just information. And then these foods that my body was sensitive to, that was also inflaming my gut, which was very scary. And I had no idea that was going on. So once I removed these things that were triggering me, triggering the inside of my body, my body was rejoicing, just shedding, 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 shedding. Um, yeah. And I look back on that, that essentially I was plugged into alcohol as a tool and I just unplugged from it. And I say just, and I that sounds light and easy, but it's not as easy in the long term, especially when it's been a tool used for a long time. But it was for those first 30 days, more, a di- more of a digestible time frame to go, okay, I'm going to unplug for 30 days. So I did. And the 30 days happened to end right around my birthday, which of course, like champagne and One of my besties had come in town. We were wedding dress shopping. I got to try on my wedding dress for her and we went out and there was tons of champagne going on and and just the normal typical habit that I had always been in, right? Like a weekend hangout champs, right? Like that was just my life. So I was back into that habit. It was just natural and I felt like garbage. I felt like garbage for longer than normal. And so I, I stopped until the holiday. Then I had a couple of drinks around the holiday. Um, it was pretty light though. I wanted to stay pretty true to what I was noticing. And then after the holidays, I kept it clear for pretty much, I think indefinitely after that. There was a couple of times that I had had a few drinks with some friends in that first year where I thought, okay, I can just have a few. And I would have a few and I would feel terrible. It didn't light me up. Even the drinking of the substance didn't light me up and help me feel good. And then after I was just down, I was depressed. I was heavy. My thoughts were dark and it would just take me down for days at a time. So it was just my personal experience that I got to notice. And I took enough time to start slowing down. At this time, I had also added meditation and a stillness practice to my life. And so it was in those moments where I started asking myself these questions like, how am I feeling? How do I want to feel? What kind of life do I want to live? How am I fulfilling that? Is is what I'm adding to my life lifting me up or is it pulling me down? And very simple questions, but also difficult and deep. And the more I asked myself, the more the message was clear was that if I desire this life of high vibrational, great conversation, happy travel, excitement, great rest, as little downtime as possible, it meant that I had to get serious and I got to get really clear that that was the one, one of the main things that was bringing me down the most. And so I speak into this because change is really tough 
And when we first bring change into our life, when we first notice that it's time to make a change, it's important to recognize that it's it's going to be a challenge and it it will ebb and flow and you we can feel really strong about it and excited and then all of a sudden something will hit us and we'll go back down into it and maybe maybe go back and forth through it or maybe it's it's to the point where you don't have the time to do that or you don't have the desire to do that you're just ready to be all in right and we get to decide that only we get to decide that it is our choice and it's interesting because I've been thinking about this as an analogy, but my little sister, she did my hair last week and we went with some red tones and it was really fun in the salon and, you know, she styled it so beautifully and everybody was like hyping me up. And so I was just like, yes, this is so awesome. Like I'm so ready for a change. And the interesting thing is 10 years ago, I had dyed my hair bright red, really dark, really bright red. It was so beautiful and so fun. And so we were kind of doing that again. It was like the 10 year, I think she called it like the 10 year red reunion, which was just really cute. And we went really light, light red because I don't live close enough to her where I can see her often and get, have her work her magic. So we went with a color that, um, just was more natural. So the next morning I woke up and panicked. I was super freaked out by it. I didn't recognize myself, my stomach turned like I immediately missed my blonde hair and I kind of teared up thinking like, wow, I don't like this. I don't know what I've done. And it's not that it looked bad necessarily. I just was not into the change that had been made. And I started to, to message her and I decided not to. Um, I waited a couple of days and it, I had been able to wash it and it was fading a little bit and then when we did talk a couple days after that I told her her and I have a very honest open relationship and I just said man I'm like really struggling with this can we add some blonde highlights and she's like uh no (laughs) we do not want to fry your hair what's going on and I just told her and she just so wisely maturely said you know, the psychology of the mind is that it takes the brain up to two weeks to really accept a change this big. And it's big in certain regards because it changed the look of of what I look like. And also that's a pretty simple change, honestly, like it could be reversed if I needed or you know, it's going to fade out. So in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal, but I've been thinking about it. And our psyche, psychologically, has a really hard time with change. And I believe that it's the ego within us that wants to keep us safe and keep things the same same. So if something like changing our hair color takes two weeks, I could only imagine what something bigger like a lifestyle change, like a moving to somewhere new, like a shifting away from a habit that we've had for a really long time or moving in or out of a relationship or changing jobs or having a baby, right? Like all of these massive changes in our life take time and I'm not sure that anybody really talks about it. 
I know that I haven't seen or read a lot of information on what this change period does and how important it is to give it some space and give it some time and trust the decision that you've made and also know that you get to lean in. You get to have this faith and you get to trust that if the decision wasn't the best for your life, that those signs will align back to you or be unaligned, out of alignment. And I think it's just a really good gauge. And for me, it keeps what keeps coming up is that by connecting back to the body and really asking these questions like, is does this feel right for my life? Is this the direction I want to go? Do I need to pivot again? What does this look like? So part of this is trusting the change, knowing that it will take some time and not overreacting or allowing the ego mind to get in the way, right? It's a matter of settling in and really listening to the body. Even if you've left a relationship that wasn't working, there's still going to be pain there. That's a painful change. If you've left your job that wasn't working anymore, there's still going to be a period of time where you're going to feel out of sorts, right? Because you've had this habitual pattern in your life. If you remove alcohol from your life or a substance, there's going to be a period of time where you get to lean into what that change feels like and trust it. Because if we keep going back to it and we don't give ourselves the allotted time that it, that our psychology, the, the psychological part of our mind needs, we will never truly know how the change will influence our life. And that's just coming up really strong for me because when we're breaking a habit or pivoting or making a shift in our life, we, we get to surround ourselves with people, places, and things that support this shift. So there's a lot of layers to making a big shift in our life and how it looks, how it feels, the period of time that it takes will be unique to each person. But I keep going back to this two-week situation with just my hair because it was really true. I mean, within a few washes, actually, it was like three washes, which was nearly a week in, I was like really liking it. And then, you know, now that I'm, we're probably closer to two weeks. I don't even know what day it is, to be honest. Um, now my mind has shifted to it. Now when I look in the mirror, I think, wow, I really like this. This is just different for me. And, and I know that it can shift again. It will, it will evolve again if I want it to, or maybe I can stay this color for a little while. So again, something as simple as hair color or something as grandiose as an, a, a habit change, a removal of alcohol, a relationship change, a job change, it takes time. And one of the greatest pieces of advice that I can offer is to set yourself up for success by having a really good team on your side, by having a couple of people you know you can call and be vulnerable with, those people that won't be annoyed that you're still talking about your breakup. They will continue to hold space. And maybe if it's a long way down the line and you've still been stuck in the same spiral, that they'll be honest with you and say, 
okay, wow, like I get to reflect this back to you and let you know, like you're still talking about this same piece of it. Like what else is there and how much further can you open up? Um, Establishing a team as far as joining some sort of group, some sort of program, some sort of coaching program, some sort of local social program. I really truly believe because I've experienced it that having community of some sort is super supportive and super powerful. Um, The major, the main part of my sobriety was in lockdown and thank goodness that I had already had a couple months under my belt because I don't know that if I would have, I don't know that I would have had the strength to stay on the up and up. And during lockdown, I was introduced to a women's circle that absolutely changed my life. We met once a week and it was so supportive and so just powerful. Um, I also started nutrition school so that I had something to keep my mind on, something that was also filling me up in in a really positive way that was helping me understand how important it was to break some of these toxic habits and also staying close to a couple of friends because I also during lockdown and working through sobriety was going through um, heartache. I had broken off my engagement a week before lockdown, which is so wild to look back on, like a massive amount of shifting going on in such a short amount of time. And if I didn't have the understanding and the wherewithal that this change was going to take time to feel more fulfilling and to feel more in alignment, I'm not sure that I would have had the strength to stay. And to stay on the path that I'm still on today. And one thing that goes hand in hand with that is that when our life feels out of alignment, there are signs of this out of alignment. There are car problems. There are body ailments and problems. There might be legal problems. There might be job problems. There might be things breaking in your life just randomly. There might be relationships ending or people that are low vibrational trying to connect to you that just isn't the right type of relationship that you're looking for, right? Like there are many signs that show us that life shows us when we're out of alignment And at the same time, I know to be true that when life is in alignment, because we are making the right choices, because we are leaning in, because we're looking for the small, beautiful signs like an 1111 that keeps popping up or like somebody holding the door for you and giving you a big smile, like an out of the blue phone call from somebody you haven't talked to in a while, but you've been thinking about them, like a job promotion, like a person buying your coffee in front of you, in front of, in the line in front of you, right? Like all these things are signs. These are signs that you're on the right path. And if we're not taking the time to listen and to tap in, we can so easily miss those signs. If we're not taking the time to clear our vessel by sitting in stillness and taking a few deep breaths and just, that's a perfect easy way to clear your vessel and open up your channel and go like okay wow full reset and we really get to do this over and over and over so that when we clear out our channel 
we get to call in new things. We clear space in our vessel. We clear space in our aura. We clear space in our mind and our heart and our body so that something greater can come and fulfill us so that we can call in that next step so that we can become clear on the direction that we're going. And if we spend too much time in the darkness, if we spend too much time in a toxic relationship, if we spend too much time consuming low vibrational media, if we spend too much time around people that don't fill us up, if we spend too much time connected to a substance that isn't helping us evolve in our life, we will stay in a darker spiral. It's just energy. That's that's how it works. What you put in is what you get out. So shifting this and finding that worthiness, connecting to people, places, and things that do fill you up as often as possible. I totally understand this isn't possible all the time and I still go through my time periods of maybe spiraling down or having a breakdown before I break through and really just trying to get a grip on where I'm going and what it looks like and maybe I'm in a more heavy headspace or whatever that might might look like and I now have the tools to get me through that. I now have a group of women on multiple different levels that I know will support me because I've done the work to build those connections because I am doing the inner work and I am finding that worthiness and I am being vulnerable and opening up about my feelings, about my past, about my habits, about just how I feel in this life. And because of that, more things are feeling like they're in alignment. More things are coming into my life that are filling me up in the most beautiful way possible. Little things. And it's and it's really the little things to me that matter because I know those will all add up to being the most grand things. Having that faith and having that trust, leaning into the 1111 moments of life and really just filling my own cup, filling my own vessel and finding a deep self-love that will carry me through this life. So continue to observe, continue to call in, continue to find your stillness and your grounding as often as possible and connect with those that fill you up and know that the universe is here to support you. It's just about building the most impactful, aligned relationship with her that you can because you are worthy. And I love you so much and I look forward to us meeting again. Okay, here we grow. Love you, bye. If any part of this message resonates with you and you know that it would touch the heart of someone else, it would mean the world to me to have you share it with even one person. My intention for this podcast is for it to grow organically and I envision that each share is a new seed being planted somewhere else in this world. And may these words water and nourish and help that seed grow within a new vessel. And that magic just truly lights me up. 
You may also like and comment and reach out to me. I would love to hear from you. It just lights me up when I hear other people's stories or how this is helping guide them in a new way. And just that connection, that community connection means so much to me. So my Instagram is here we grow XO and you can reach out to me on Facebook. <laughs> anyway, any modality, I'm happy to to listen. So thank you so much and I hope you have a beautiful day.